As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Josh Giddy and I'm down to dunk. Hey, this is Kenny Hustle and I'm down to dunk. I'm Darius Baisley and I'm down to dunk. I'm Mike Muscala and I'm down to dunk. This is Poku and I'm down to dunk. I love cereal. Captain Crunch. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Cracklin' Oat Brand. Oh, I can have these. I'm going to share with my team, but I'm a hog most Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. Go to theathletic.com. Get the Athletic for 30% off an annual subscription. With me on a Tuesday afternoon. What? My good friend Alex Spears. Alex, what's up? What's up, Andrew? I just cracked a day beer. Oh, noise. Drinking a day beer. End of the work week, except I have to go in tomorrow morning. But other than that, I'm basically <laughs> there. So why not celebrate? Nice, man. Uh, the Thunder celebrated last night by getting their revenge on the Memphis Grizzlies. The Grizzlies beat them by 73, and they returned the favor last night by beating the Grizzlies by three. So only 70 points to go, Thunder, to get them yes. back. Uh, it was a really fun game after fun. the first quarter. Um, <laughs> the first quarter was like, is this going to happen again? They were down 28-16. You're like, oh, no. This is not yeah, good. it was brutal. And, uh, and of, of all people, it was Bayes coming off the bench, just bringing some energy. Hey, he, he brought the Hamadou Diallo energy off the bench last night. <laughs> he was out of control for a lot of the game. In fact, I don't even think he had a good game. I mean, like, I know he put up some stats. And 10, like seven, his, one assist, four blocks, four turnovers, but you know, minus fourteen. Yeah, he was a he was the team worst plus minus minus <laughs> Isn't that fourteen. Wild? And but I think all most of that, that said, him like, would say like he was okay, he was pretty good. Like, uh, but all of that said, like they legitimately needed something. Yeah, in that in that first quarter, and he came in and brought it, and he was just. He was gunning, he was running, he was doing everything that Bayes does. Mm-hmm. And the the blocks he had in this game, I went back and rewatched them. He had two on Triple J, one of them blocking a, a three-pointer yeah. in the corner. Like legitimately impressive blocks. I was actually going and looking at his block percentage cuz that's the uh that's like the percentage of opponents shots that one person is responsible for. And so Bayes is at 4.4%, which is a career high for him. I try. I was trying to compare him to other players in the league because I wanted to see like, well, where does this stack up? I know he's not like the biggest blocks guy in the league, but mm-hmm. where does he stack up? Well, apparently there's another stat called percent blocks on NBA.com, and when I looked up that, Miles Turner was 68.5 percent. I said, this doesn't sound right. That'd be <laughs> that'd be really impressive if he was blocking 68.5 percent of shots. Turns out that's a different stat, but I did find out there are only 20 players in the league with a block percentage above 4.4. Wow. And he's one of them. And he he's like on he's like basically the same as Clint Capella. If you can believe that. That is very interesting. 
just you just wish that he could do Clint Capella things on offense. Well, yeah, it was. I, I went back and I was watching his plays, and it does feel like when he just drives in a straight line, it doesn't always work out, but it sometimes works out. When he when does he, something, it sometimes does things. No, but I'm saying like when he just draw, like when he like either gets by his man yeah. or he's cutting or whatever, like it most of the time works out. When he does anything else, it results in a turnover or just like the worst shot you've ever seen. Like mm-hmm. when he tries like his spin moves or his Euro steps, like we have, we've seen the flashes. Like, yes, he's made them every once in a while, but yeah. it feels like 90% of the time it ends up bad. Yeah. Yeah, that said, not... we still need we still need the spark, Andrew. Yeah, we needed the still spark. Still need the spark. Yeah. So shout out for the spark. Yeah. There were actually lots of sparks last night. I thought Poku gave them a little spark off the bench. I thought he was actually pretty good. Yeah, he was fine. I, I mean, like he's been, he was better than like two weeks ago. He he didn't do anything like this. Like he rebounded the ball well, he was passing well, he's making good decisions, he's pushing the ball. Like he did I thought he played one of his better games. And I know you go and look at the stats and it's like three points, five boards, two assists, and a block. Like, all right, whatever. But he played well. He he is playing within himself. I mean, you still see the flashes like that. I don't even know what that was when he was like on the far end of, of the court, mm-hmm. like by the opposite corner. Mm-hmm. And he like fumbled it, but then somehow threw a behind the back pass that ended up in the right place. Yeah. Yeah. That like was- you still. That was surprising. Yeah. That was absurd. Like he still has plays like that, but I do feel like in general, it just feels so muted now. Like I realize he's becoming a better basketball player. Yeah. But I, I almost miss the freewheeling Poku that we saw last year. I somehow came across his uh Shacked and a Fool from the beginning of his rookie season. Yeah. He like I mean it was something else. <laughs> he did this turn he he drove the lane, spun around, threw the ball behind his back and it hit the top of the backboard and off. Yeah, he, see, I missed that. He threw this he did this hook shot that land, that was 3 feet away from getting to the rim. Just like <laughs> hooked it just like almost went like it looked like he was like throwing some kind of like weighted ball. <laughs> You know, and See, then, I th- yeah, I mean, it was that. And then he threw a behind the back bounce pass to Teo that just immediately bounced out of bounds. See, Mark talks about broccoli and Skittles, but he's always talking about it in reference to the players. But what about the fans? Because yeah. in terms of Poku and the way that they're training him and, and developing him, they're giving the fans a lot of broccoli, Andrew. And I'm just saying sure. I would like a little Poku Skittles Every now and then. Well, the thing about it, about the broccoli Skittles thing is like Mark knows that I want only Skittles. And he almost like pointedly talks about it whenever he, whenever we're in like a press conference setting. Like when I asked him about the Josh Giddy triple double, he just looked at me and he goes, Andrew, that's Skittles. He's like, that's Skittles. <laughs> and like almost, almost like in a way, like Andrew, like shut up. Like is kind of how it felt. <laughs> like when I was like, "Did you know that he was this close?" And like, "How much were you guys discussing?" He's like, "Stop." Like that's good. He want, he, like, leave me he alone. Wants to, he wants to turn us into jazz fans. He does want like, to turn us into jazz fans. I refuse. I refuse. Mark, not doing it. That's how jazz fans talk about basketball. All broccoli. Yeah. All broccoli, and oh. they love their broccoli. They love their screen assists. They love their their defensive rotations like no way man like give me the give me the step backs give me the fancy passes give me the triple doubles like that's what i want uh but yeah i mean poku it it honestly feels similar to bays the difference is the poku's like way younger but the bar is so low yeah that yeah like when he has a game where he just looks like a functional basketball player it feels like wow he's really making development and it's just because he's like not not doing what he did last year yeah and so Yes, I agree with you, but it's. I feel like it's more of a factor of him just still being 19. Oh, yeah. And it's his second year. Tightening the, tightening the screws on Poku was another. Which, like, like I, I would like to talk about the rotation sure. a bit. Okay. Because uh, we, we mentioned Bayes. This was Bayes' second game off the bench, yep. um, which I'm, I'm generally in favor of. You know, it was something that we had talked about previously to them doing it. Definitely. Although I will say in these first two games, I think the thing that stuck out in those first quarters, first and third third quarters, is like, well, there's really not anyone that much better than Bayes. It's not like they've been hiding someone from us well, that it, they're replacing Bayes with. I mean, it tells you basically what they've done is opened up a starting spot. 
you know, yeah. where it's like, yeah, we, you're not good enough to just hold this spot. I mean, I asked Mark pointedly before the game about it because they announced that Favors was going to start, and it's like, okay, so I just asked him, I said, is Jeremiah going to start the rest of the season? Because he's been in the starting lineup these last two. Mm-hmm. Are you just going to shift him between the four and the five? And he said, he said no. Yeah. He said there's, like, they don't, they're not going to cement him in the starting lineup. That the guys that are cemented in the starting lineup, and he said this, is Shea, Giddy, Dort. And that's it. Yeah. So he's going to try out some other guys, which I think is the right thing to do. I mean, there's nobody else on the roster outside of really Kenrich Williams that you look at and say, yes, like this is for sure an NBA rotation guy for everybody. Yeah. And it, it brings up a couple things. One, obviously we know this, but works out great for this upcoming draft if we happen to get a top pick yeah, because there are plenty of rotation minutes. But also, as we mentioned last week with some of the trade targets, if you could bring in a guy in the same way that we brought in guys last year, there are minutes for people if, if there's someone they want to take a flyer on. Um, because, yeah, you watch that first quarter and like they were terrible. Not that we should base it all on one quarter, but it's just they don't have a ton of options in the front court as it is. Mm-hmm. So taking out Bays, it wasn't like some revelation like, oh, my gosh, this is the starting lineup we've been waiting for. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was really interesting that – our guy, Trey Man, only played 14 minutes. Yeah. What's he got to do, Andrew? I I think it's all about defense. And he wasn't particularly great on defense last night. <sighs> I think that he'll they're continuing to kind of shape Trey to be the kind of player they want him to be. Man, if we Okay, I know I don't I I know I shouldn't bring up this name, but this but you'll enjoy it this time. Mm-hmm. Imagine if we did have Shingun. Everyone's talking about how Steven Silas won't play him enough minutes. I wonder if Mark would do the same thing that he's doing to Trey Mann because we know that Shingun isn't like a great defensive prospect right now. Yeah. Would he only be getting like 14 minutes? It's very possible. I think it's very, very possible. There's like a there's a, a baseline of defense that you have to hit in order to play. And if you're making a lot of mistakes, you're going to get pulled. And Shingun while spectacular, fun offensive player, defensively he's an absolute train wreck. You know, that's I think that's part of why Isaiah Roby doesn't play at all. It's yeah, because they don't so, like like the way he defends. But uh, you know, most people consider Giddy to be a poor defender right now. So, do you think that's that he he's he, it's more of like an athleticism thing, like he's in the right spots? And, or, or like, do you also consider him to be a poor defender? And maybe it's just because he was a high pick that it doesn't seem to be as much of an issue with uh, Mark. I, I think some of it is that he's like such a high. He he brings so many other things to the to the court other than like defending that it's like justifiable. Yeah. Um, and also, you're a you're the sixth pick in the draft. <laughs> we we well yeah have yeah, yeah. to know. We have to know. If you're the 16th pick or the 15th pick, like, yeah, like, all right, whatever. You know, you can, like, the odds that you are going to be an NBA rotation player are low anyways, so you need to prove it to us a little bit more. Yeah. You know, the odds that the sixth pick is going to be in the NBA for a long time are pretty high. And so let's get you as many looks as possible. And I think with some of these other guys like Poku and Trey and, and guys like that, it's, well, you're going to have to earn your minutes somehow. Even Jeremiah, like Jeremiah only played 18 minutes last night. You know, they're they're not just gonna hand minutes to those guys. And and to Giddy's credit, like Giddy was really good last night. Yeah, he was. I mean, I wish he had had that scoring night the night before oh, so we could have locked in the triple double. Two more points, man. Just two more points. That's all he needed. Just two it was, more points, that's all. It was painful watching that. It was like so much <laughs> everybody. I was sitting next to the guys that keep the that keep the score for you know how like you're on like ESPN or whatever, and it's like the live game scoring. And yeah, shows. yeah, yeah. I was sitting next to a guy that was doing that, and they they are like just locked in and like just with every giddy shot, like they're just like, oh no, it's like it's actually a team. There's like a guy telling him what to input, and he inputs it like really fast, um, which is kind of interesting to huh. sit there and watch. Um, but yeah, that was painful. But Giddy was great last night. Three of eight from three, seven of sixteen overall. He took. Uh, he took some some wild shots and some good shots, and he had that little lefty hook that I thought was pretty spectacular. Jay was texting us about it. Yeah, um, 
I thought the the array of shots was fun, and then his passing was obviously next level. That that backdoor pass, which is like the simplest play in the world to end the game. Like I don't know how the Grizzlies fell for that one, but you know that was nice. I thought it was interesting. I went back and I was watching all of his shot attempts again, and we've seen teams just not guard Giddy like. Mm-hmm. He's had a relatively large amount of wide open threes, mm-hmm. and he did have one last night. But on pretty much every three, he was being contested, and in some cases, they're even like closing out from other positions on the court mm-hmm. to Giddy, and he never attacked the closeout in any of those instances. Yeah, and I I thought that would be something like th- that would seem to be something that he'd be better at. Just because once he gets in the lane, then it kind of breaks down the defense and and you kind of get to see his passing. So I was kind of surprised by that watching it back because I didn't notice it during the game. But like every single three, he was getting contested on, Mm -hmm. which maybe that's one of the reasons the Grizzlies have been bad on the whole of the season on on defense. (laughs) That's like one of the reasons. But I don't know. Why are you contesting Josh Giddy? Like what's what's going on here? Yeah, just leave him wide open. What are you doing? White Australian guy. You know, maybe they think he's Joe Ingles or like, oh, he's, you know, shooter. Maybe. You know, just running out on him. Just, he looks like, of course, a, it looks like a shooter. You know, it, it must be a shooter. It, it was, uh, their, their worst player came back last night and maybe that affected the team <laughs> yeah. in terms of their defense. I know. I know. Bringing John Morant back was really bad. I, I can't remember. I don't know who it was that tweeted this, but I guess the fans were like, there was a fan sitting on the side that told Jaw. Like you to need go to go back out. You need to sit back down. <laughs> like, bro, what are you doing? Ja was like legit upset about it after the game. I know. What are you doing? Like Ja Morant is like the reason that you guys like have viability in the NBA. And like, sure, like you've had a nice stretch here, but you're doing nothing without him. I know. And it was hard to tell, like, because I'm sure some NBA players, maybe they like mishear things or, or they mishear it on purpose even just to give themselves an edge. Yeah. And I was like, is it how could this possibly be true? Why would a Grizzlies fan ever say that? But then I went and clicked on one of those tweets and started reading the comments and there were legit Grizzlies fans in there like posting his plus minus like, hey, these are just facts. Yeah. These are just facts. <laughs> what yeah. are you guys doing? It's like you, you gotta see the big picture. You, like you just have to. If you don't, like you're gonna be in big trouble. You're gonna be in big trouble, Grizzlies fans. Because I mean, you think about it, and like, like those offhand comments, like they probably don't mean a whole lot. But when you're a small market, and you, and like he gets like vibes the rest of the year. Let's say the Grizzlies just go 500 the rest of the year, and they're like in the play-in, they lose the play-in, they're out, and like then the Grizzlies fans are on this all season, like. And John Morant's not going to like decline his option or anything like that, but you know those things stick with you. I mean, Gordon Hayward said the the way that his contract was handled, you know, in Utah was one of the reasons that he ended up leaving. You know, yeah. And so if you're a small market, like if if you're a Memphis fan, like you've got to, I mean, you have to be like, you have to contact this man that says <laughs> you have to stop. You have to stop because John Morant's like the best thing that's happened to the Grizzlies in a very long time. Well, we saw it in OKC. I mean, the Mr. Unreliable headline was like a national emergency. Yeah. Which like in New York, like who cares? Like that wouldn't even be brought up. Like it would be tweeted about once and then it's gone. Yeah, small markets, you just can't... You just can't do that to your star, guys. Like you just can't mess around with that. I mean, if you want to, if you want to say it to Killian Tilly, like whatever, sure. I'm sure Killian Tilly's plus minus isn't very good either. <laughs> yeah, you, you really do like have to rely on your fans being smart. Like yeah. New York and L.A., like the Lakers, they can get away with having a lot of dumb fans because yes. it's like who cares? Yeah, there's so many of them. Like it's going to be drowned out by like everyone else. Yes. Yeah. You got to be well informed. Like you just have to be a well informed fan. Like that's just it's so so bad. Uh, but it was fun seeing the kind of star matchup with him and Shea. Yeah. Um, be- because it was a really quiet game early on for Shea, mm-hmm. and uh, we've seen these types of games this season where it's almost like that Chris Paul year, the way Chris Paul played, where he like would do nothing, or it would seem like he was doing nothing mm-hmm. for like a quarter, a quarter and a half. 
And then as the game went on, he'd slowly pick it up, and then he'd become the closer for the team at the very end. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we've seen some games just like that, including last night from Shea. And there at the end, I mean, it was just awesome. I mean, you had the the play he made to Giddy with Giddy wide open in the paint, and then the play that Giddy made to him when he was wide open in the paint. And that's a really interesting play because Giddy talked about it right afterwards with Nick Gallo saying like, hey, they're going to overplay you. So right when I like make the signal, just run towards a basket and I'll throw it to you. Mm-hmm. But watching it back, it didn't look like Memphis had anyone guarding Shea. I know. Like, yeah. No one was manned up to Shea at all. They like weren't overplaying him. They were underplaying him, if anything. <laughs> they were not playing him. Oh, unbelievable. And it was just such a cool play because, you know, when it comes down to the end of games like that, you rarely see like, oh, wow, just an easy bucket. Like, don't yep. even have to stress about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was really cool. Shea's been awesome. I mean, Shea and Dort, too. The block that Dort had on John Morant, I think it was with like a minute left. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Like That was really impressive. That's something like, and like, remember, Dort's the shortest guy on the team. And he like still like finds ways to make things happen. Like like that was that was a really impressive defensive play. And in the clutch, these guys are getting some some good action. Like it's really fun to watch them play because they're always doing something. Like Dort's always doing something. Shea's scoring. I mean they're they're getting good reps here, and they're winning games. And you don't want to see them win too many more games, but you know it's. If you if you just watch this team all year and they're like they win seven games or something like it's pure misery like this team is not miserable to watch they're actually whenever they're full squad are pretty fun to watch. Dort is like the ideal Portland Trailblazer because he's six three, but he can defend. <laughs> they they should be going all out to try to get Dort. They should do a CJ McCollum for Dort trade. They should that's what they should be offering. <laughs> they should. Uh, yeah, I well, okay, let's bring let's kind of go down the way you were just talking about, which is is this team too good to tank, Andrew? Because last night Mike Muscala gets 15 minutes, which honestly doesn't seem like a lot, but he's plus 17 I know. in those minutes. And then Kenrich, of course, gets his normal like 23 minutes and he was a plus three. Th- so those guys in those whatever it is, that's 38 minutes, they're a plus 20 in a three-point game. Pretty incredible. We talked earlier that I would love to see a little bit more Trey Mann, mm-hmm. that maybe there's someone out there at, somewhere somewhere that we could bring in to get some front court minutes. Do you think this continues, that they continue to play Muscala, giving him 10 to 15 minutes a night, playing Kenrich about 25 minutes? I don't. I don't think so. I don't think this will continue the rest of the season. I don't know when it stops, but I do believe it will stop. At some point, you do believe it will stop because okay. I looked it up. The standings—they've played 29 games. Mm-hmm. What do you think their record was after 29 games last year? So right now they're 10 and 19. I think they were like 11 or 12, right? Yeah, they were 12 and 17. Yeah, yeah so yeah. they're like they're two games off of that pace, which we were f- freaking out about that last year. Yeah, and we're we're close to that now. There seems to be an obvious, I mean, I don't want to blow up McKelly's spot, but first thing he texted us after the game last night, Kenrich, too good. He's too good. He's too good. He's a, You know he's a plus 19.4 on the season? Wow. When he plays, <sighs> 19 points better. The thun, that's what the Thunder are. I, I, and I was talking to Joe Masato earlier today, and I'm not going to give his full reasoning, but he does. You know, go listen to the OKC Dream Team because his stuff is is really good. He thinks he's going to get traded. Really? Mm-hmm. Which I was like one of the first people I've ever heard like feel like pretty confident about saying that. So, hmm. um, yeah, I don't have I have no sourcing on any of it. I don't really want him to get traded, but it would definitely help quite a bit. I mean, just look at here's the numbers. Kendrick Williams a plus 19.4. Mike Muscala plus 15.7. You take those guys out. It's a significant drop off because you'll be replacing them with like, let's say an Isaiah Roby, who is a minus 6.8. Or a Teo Maladone might get some more minutes, 13.7. 
you know, yeah. minus 13.7. Um, you know, they've stopped playing Ty Jerome mostly. He was, he's a plus 9.9. The next highest guy in limited minutes is Aaron Wiggins, a plus 8.7. And then it's Shea, who's a plus 7. And this is an interesting one. One, two, three, four, five, six. The sixth best player mm. in on-off differential. Can you guess who it is? Sixth best. I'm trying to remember who you haven't said. Oh, I'm guessing it's Baisley if you're saying it like that. Darius Baisley is a minus 14.6. This this player is plus. They are plus 3.7. Oh, Trey Mann? Trey Mann is a plus 0.9. He is seventh <sighs> best. The only other Giddy? positive. Giddy? Josh Giddy is a minus 5.5. Uh, who else is on the team? Ty Jerome? Ty Jerome. I've already said his name. He is a plus 9.9. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Honestly, sometimes when you talk, I take a sip of uh, a, a sip of water because I don't think you're going to quiz me on anything, and I'm not really tuned in, Andrew. Hey, I don't know who you've hey, said. My my, how the turntables, Al. <laughs> uh, who else is on the team? Oh, uh, Jeremiah. Jeremiah is a minus seven point eight in six hundred and seventeen oh minutes. <laughs> uh, I don't think I can think of another person because I don't remember who you've said. Do I have to give you a hint? Yes. He wears a fanny pack. Oh, Poke Poku's a plus? Plus three point seven on the season. Now is that that's that's net rating? This isn't just like cumulative plus minus. Yeah, this is on off differential. Okay. Efficiency differential. Huh. So isn't you're that, saying we need to trade Poku. Isn't that interesting though? <laughs> yeah, I don't I mean I, I, well, I mean, he probably plays most of his minutes with Kenrich, don't you think? Yeah. I mean, that's definitely. Because he's coming off the bench. I mean, definitely. That's a, yeah, that's a factor here. I, I would bet you if you took Kenrich out, that number would change pretty dramatically for a lot of guys. You know, if you just, if you were just like, hey, like we're going to trade Kenrich for whatever the threshold is, a top 15 protected pick from whoever. And that's all you get back. And you replaced it with like the Vit Crecci experiment. Like think yeah. how much worse you could be. See, this is the the problem with trading Kenrich is if I was just in a coma for the last couple seasons, mm-hmm. I, I went into a coma right after the Steven Adams trade. <laughs> and you wake up and they're trading Kenrich, you're thinking, wow. What an amazing... Look, they've done it again. They flipped Al Horford into a first. They flipped yeah. Chris Paul into a first. They did it again. They flipped another guy into a first, like purely on a value proposition. Amazing. Uh-huh. Incredible. But we fortunately or unfortunately have watched him for the last season or two, and now we like him, and we now like we him. say to ourselves, as soon as you trade him, you're looking for another Kenrich, which I do think is true. Yeah. Because you eventually need those kind of guys. Yeah. And I don't know if if it turns out, if they do trade him and it's just for a like lottery protected first or even an unprotected first that we're pretty sure is going to end up in the 20s. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I'll I'll feel pretty... Empty inside? Pretty, yeah. Like, I'll, I'll, I might start reaching the what, what's the point point. <laughs> What if you get like a young? What if you get? Uh, what if you got like Jackson Hayes and a second rounder? Um, that would that would be more fun. Yeah, because we have the minutes for him, so like he get to play immediately. He he obviously wants to be playing. He's not playing in New Orleans. Yeah, and I just it, again, if it's a late first, I just don't see the value at yeah. some point. But what it, so the here's here's one way that I would talk that I would talk if that happened. Let's say it happened right now. We're doing an emergency pod. Here's oh the, my gosh! Here's the value. Oh my gosh! Is you get the value of a pick, which is a little mystery box. Could be anything. Could be nothing. Yeah. But you also strengthen your own pick for this season. But you can do that with him on the team. He doesn't have to play. There's not like a a rule that Kendrick has to play. Can. There, there does become a point where Kenrich is <laughs> Kenrich is going to be playing for a new deal, you know, at some point. And mm-hmm. 
putting him on ice feels a little bit wrong. When, when is when is he up for a new deal? Could we give him the new deal? I'd love to give him a new deal. <laughs> and then, and then put him on ice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay, so the same number, the efficiency differential um, on cleaning the glass. What do you think the lineup of Shea, Dort, Giddy, Kenrich, Mascala is on the season? In terms of like plus, like, yeah. like a net rating? Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe like a plus five, plus twenty two point nine. Wow, they're off Dominant. their points per possession a hundred, uh, one hundred and thirty one points per one hundred possessions. Defensively, oh, hold up, hold up. Why, why are you not doing it? Okay, there we go. Um, they are one oh eight, which isn't wonderful, but not bad. Wow. It's really something. Yeah, huh? it is. It's it's a conundrum because it is. Well, well, let's 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 say they do keep him. They continue to play him. Mm-hmm. How good do you think this team will be? Like, obviously, we don't think they're like going to be amazing or anything. They're not going to be but, amazing, but like they're going to be in line for like the seventh pick. Do you think it's that bad that it would be the seventh pick? It, so I'm looking right now. With I, the, I do with not the way think the odds we'll, are, yeah. With the way the odds are, there's a chance that it's that that's yeah, where you yeah, are, yeah. you know. Because like, if you told me you can keep Kenrich, mm-hmm. you get him, you're gonna sign him to his next contract. Yay, he's gonna be on the next version of the Good Thunder. Mm-hmm. But you're gonna end up in the third slot, so oh. you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to catch up to Houston, New Orleans, or Houston, Orlando. But you will get the third slot. Wouldn't you take that deal? Yeah. I, I think I would too. I would. Yeah, give me the, yeah. I would take whoever the third guy is. Love no, 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 no. I'm not saying you get the third pick. I'm saying you get the third best odds. Oh. I mean, that's probably the best best case scenario anyways. I know, that's kind of how I feel. And so you have to look at these other teams and it's it's comes down to New Orleans and Houston because I actually feel pretty positive about the Spurs. Yeah. They they've been playing well. The Kings got a nice little Nice little win recently, not their last one. Yeah, they got oh the, the Doug Christie they, bump. They, they beat someone. Did they beat the Blazers? Um, I think they did. Oh, they beat the Spurs, who I just talked about. Uh, like, those are really, like, I'm not too worried about this. So it's really just Houston and New Orleans. Yeah. And Houston terrifies me because Houston has huge levers that they can pull. They can pull the plug. And whenever. Whenever they pull those levers, this team is going to go right back to being that garbage team we saw at the beginning of the year because they're going to get... Here's what they're going to do. They're going to trade Eric Gordon. They might even trade Christian Wood. They're going to bring back Jalen Green and KPJ, and they might win like two games the rest of the season. So I'm terrified of Houston. It's very possible. What does an Eric Gordon trade look like? uh, I bet someone would give them like an expiring and a first... Wow, like like a, a a goodish team. He's got three years left, though. Uh, you lock him in. Wouldn't the Knicks love to have him? Good lord! <laughs> I mean, there, there's so many teams that could use him. The Mavs, I know. The Mavs would kill for him. I don't know if they would kill for three years. They would though, kill. Though. I don't think they would kill for. That's the thing. They would if, murder Andrew. If this was two years, or I mean, if definitely if it was if he was expiring, like yes, I think you get what you just said. I just think like twenty million, like he's gonna twenty million for three more years. Like that's a big, that's a big chunk of your cap. Like how can you really rely on Eric Gordon? Like I don't know. I'd worry a little bit about that, especially giving up a first too. I don't know, mm-hmm. and also getting to that money like for a team like the Mavericks. Like what do you like? Who are you trading to get there? Like that's just that's a conundrum there. Uh, what about? What do you think about this deal? Making it up on the fly. I can't remember the guy's name. There it is. Malik Beasley for Eric Gordon. Malik Beasley for Eric Gordon. You boost your defense. Maintain shooting. They like Beasley in Minnesota. I'm just, I'm just not a huge fan of Beasley. I'm not either. And he's, he's youngish. He's 25. He's 25. Yeah, he he'd be like he's exactly what the Rockets have just brought in. It's just like these get my own bucket guys. Hell yeah, you know <laughs> it works great for a tank, or it did. Yeah, until they started winning. 
Yeah. Well, the jail. I mean, Jalen Green going down is like one of the the biggest parts of it. You know. Yeah, it is. This high usage, nineteen year old. Like, durr, you're gonna suck. Like, of course you're gonna suck. So I'm terrified of Houston, New Orleans. I should be terrified of, but I think it was on the low post or or one of those big pods. Mm-hmm. They were talking about the Pelicans being a buyer. Yeah. At the deadline. Mm-hmm. Which great. Yeah, go for it, Pelicans. Go for yeah. whatever you're going for. I would love that. Yeah. Bring in talent. Yeah. That would be I they may they may try to. It would be about the dumbest thing they can do. You know. But they may try to do it. See if they can get get to the play in. I mean, how far away are they from the play in? Pretty far. But they may try it. I mean, who knows? And things change. Yeah. You know, things change. If over the course of the next few weeks they're and they're not that far out. They're three games out at the play in. Yeah, we are two and a half. I know. Oh no, we're one and a half. No, 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 no. Two. Yeah. Okay. Two games out of the play in. Yeah, I mean that's the thing about the playing game is that it just it makes all these teams that have no plan feel like they're within reach of the playoffs. You know, which like is good. Sac- but why, why did last year? Last year it felt like there were so many more tanking competitors, and maybe that's just because we're earlier in the season right now. Mm-hmm. But it, remember, at the end of last season, like we were worried about the, the Raptors at some point. We're obviously worried about the Cavs. Yeah, you still had the Pistons and Magic. Like there was, it just felt like there were more competitors last year. Yeah, like everybody's five hundred right now. Yeah, it's just that's just the way that the league is today. It's like you have like the Bulls and the Nets and the Suns and the Warriors and the Jazz, and then everybody else is five hundred. <sighs> Anyways, all of this is to say, I, I really feel like the Kenrich question is really tough it's a tough one it's a, I, I do not envy the thunder front office trying to make this decision because i think that he i mean i i'd love to keep him around i mean i felt that way the whole time i still feel that way i would i'd prefer him be here and then yeah he would be he's one of those guys that i feel like could grow with the team and be the nick collison of this next era you know for sure. And and we're I'm totally on board with that idea. Um but then the counter argument is what have what have we been talking about like the last two years? Like the primary goal mm-hmm. is to get a top pick. Yeah. It should be the number one priority. Like yeah. Kenrich being on this team in the future may or may or may not actually it won't decide whether they win a championship or not. It no. won't. No, what it would be what we'll decide is if they hit on their draft picks. Like that's right. What we'll it would be lovely to have a great star in this draft plus Kenrich in the future. Yeah, but we the star is what Give is it ultimately all to done. me. We, Don't we do. Limit we want me. it all. And so it it would be really hard if they kept Kenrich. Yeah, and they end up with like the fifth best odds, mm-hmm. and maybe they fall again. They fall to six even, and now you've gone through two years where you have not landed a top five pick, even though. We all Try believe to. that the franchise stated goal is to acquire top end talent, and we yeah. all know how to do that. So it would it would be tough. Yeah, hard pill to swallow. It's a tough pill to swallow. Big it's old true. horse pill. Yep. <clears throat> um, and on the other end of that, if we want to take a break from the Thunder for a second, is the Clippers. Yeah, let's uh, who, let's take let's take not only a break from the Thunder, but let's take a quick break for uh, uh, some ads. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. All right, we're back from that quick break. Yep, listen. 
listen, popping here, popping into the into the conversation here. Wants to give me the top ten players in the league. Mostly come from the top five picks. We don't need it, but we need it. It's so right, right? Like it's all it's true. And guess what? All those guys were available at the number one pick. All of them. Like just be, just because these guys went, like just because Chris Paul went it for, he should have gone number one. Mm-hmm. People talked about it that year. He should have gone number one. Embiid, uh, tr- Luca, Luca, Luca went number three. Everyone talked that year. He should have gone number one. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, all these guys went, but it's because teams ahead of them were dumb and stupid. Dumb, and you stupid. can't bank on that. No. You can't bank on stupidity. You want to give yourself the opportunity to t- take whoever you want. Yeah. Not have to worry about it. I mean, if teams were stupid, like Scotty Barnes would have fell to the Thunder. Yeah. You know? If the if the Raptors were not ahead of the Thunder, I truly believe that Scotty Barnes would not have gone mm-hmm. where he did. Yeah. He would he would have fallen and, and we probably would have taken him. Yeah. I, I think I think Barnes was the target for OKC. I don't have a source on that or anything, but I do I do have this belief in my own soul. That Scotty Barnes. Ooh, a soul belief. This is a soul belief that uh, that Scotty Barnes was the target of a trade if they were trying to swap. They were trying to swap with Toronto, you know, to get up there, not to take my beloved Jalen Suggs, but to take Scotty Barnes. And I remember. I mean, I even have video of it. You know, the Thunder fall to six at our uh, lottery party that we had, and somebody started chanting Scotty Barnes like at the at the at the party. Um, yeah, it's it's very sad. But to counteract that, I was reading some Memphis tweets yesterday about how one of the people Memphis wanted when they made that trade with the Pelicans to get up to number ten was Josh Giddy. And then you read the comments, and there's some Grizzlies fans saying, "Yeah, he would have been great. I really like this guy. Ooh, he he looked really good tonight. Mm-hmm. And that makes you feel good, you know? Yeah. When other when other franchises are jealous. Yeah, misery loves company. You know, like we like. We'd like for the people below us to be miserable that they didn't get our guy. That's right. You know. Um, okay, so the Clippers have lost three in a row. It's great. They, uh, yeah, they've lost to the Jazz. No big deal. They lost to the Thunder. Kind of big deal. Big deal. And they lost to the Spurs. Big deal. And and they kind of got destroyed by both the Jazz and the Spurs. Yeah. Those were both 20-plus point losses. Yeah. Well, the Jazz was and, 19. Well, and PG um, played against the Spurs, too, if you weren't paying attention. Yes. And and that was a that was big because Paul George was returning. And now, we obviously don't want Paul George to be hurt, but he mentioned afterwards that he's having these elbow issues. Mm-hmm. And he talked about how he took some hits today. He took a couple stingers. We'll see how it feels tomorrow. Not sure if it'll be sore or not. See how it feels in the morning. We dealt with this with Paul George when he was in Oklahoma City. It mm-hmm. seemed like every injury he had had the potential to be like a massive injury that was going to keep him out the rest of the season. Yep. And he just always continued to play. So I have a feeling it'll be the same this year that he, maybe he'll go in and out a little bit, but it doesn't feel like he's going to have like a season ending. Like they're going to eventually say like, oh, he needs surgery on whatever this is. Mm-hmm. He's going to be out. Mm-hmm. So, I don't think that's going to be the thing that sets them back. They do have other injuries, though. Like, obviously, Kawhi, uh, Marcus Morris, yep, big injury. And then just the general disappointment, uh, underwhelming performance of their team as a whole, especially compared to how they played last year. We know they have the toughest schedule in the league coming up mm-hmm. or currently experiencing. The question, though, Andrew, and this is where the play-in screws you, because even if they like fell off a cliff, relatively speaking, and they ended up mm-hmm. in the 10th spot, mm-hmm. if you got to the end of the season, what if Kawhi comes back? And all of a sudden, you're like, oh, you know, two single-game playoffs? Like, uh, yeah, I'm picking the Clippers, and all of a sudden now sure. it's the 16th pick or whatever yeah. it is. Mm-hmm. Like, that's where it screws you. Because in the past, they would have just been in the 10th spot, mm-hmm. and they're in the lottery, and you're good. Mm-hmm. But now they can like fight their way out of that lottery. So you really need them to fall to eleventh. Yeah. If you have any shot, if you like really want to guarantee a a decent lottery pick, mm-hmm. and that that feels just harder because you look at the teams below them in the West, and it's like okay, the Lakers, Anthony Davis out for four to six weeks. They haven't looked good once this year. Mm-hmm. They like cannot 
blow out a team at all. Mm -hmm. They're either winning these super close games or getting destroyed. Yeah. The Timberwolves, like I guess the Timberwolves are the team I feel best about of the teams I'm about to list. They've won four in a row. Yeah. They actually have a positive point differential, which yeah. these other teams do not. Yeah. Dallas Mavericks, Luca's still out. I was just I, I was reading like multiple Mavs articles today about mm -hmm. how uh, how much malaise there is which, within the Mavericks fan base. How much they're just like tired of the Mavericks. Dude, yes. I've talked to their beat writer too and he was like, man, it's like it just, there's just like, there's like no feeling, you know, amongst like yeah. the season. Like there's just nothing. And I think the underrated aspect for non-Mavs fans is that from the outside, we don't realize like they've actually had this roster for like three years now. It's like yeah. the same guys. It's the same guys. It's the really? same exact guy. So, like, you un you understand it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you hope if Luca comes back, they can start playing better. Obviously, they were they played this poorly last year and then went on. They were, like, one of the best teams in the league at the end of the season. So, you hope that happens again. Yeah. Th then you get to the Blazers. We all know what's happening with the Blazers. Hope they make some trades. But, like, none of these teams below the Clippers, you feel like, Yes, they're definitely finishing above the Clippers. Mm -hmm. Like, without a doubt. They all have their own issues. And then, of course, you get to the Kings and Spurs. Where it's like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, no, I, I feel that. I, I understand where you're coming from. That I wouldn't... Just don't, don't hold your breath for, like, a, a high Clippers pick. I expect it to be, like, the 19th pick or whatever. It would be fun though. Like, let's say they do end up in like the ninth spot, and then yeah. we get to root against them in the play-in games. That would oh, be kind of fun. That would be fun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that it would be wonderful to have that pick land in the lottery. You know, that would be incredible. It and if somehow they got like crazy luck. You know, this happened with the the Cleveland Cavaliers. That's how they got Kyrie Irving. Is that they traded for this yeah. pick from the Clippers, and it ended up being the number one pick. <laughs> They got Kyrie Irving. I mean, that would be that'd be like the ultimate story, you know. Like it would be retribution for the bad luck the Thunder had last year in the lottery. But I don't expect it. Like I expect this to be a pick in the teens, you know, another shot at a Trey Man ish player, and for their yeah. own pick to be the one where they hopefully get a top four or five guy. Yeah. Yeah. It used to be so simple before the play in. Because then back back then you could like start looking at the Eastern Conference and comparing them. Because I actually feel better about a lot of the East teams that are below them. Yeah, you know, like I feel positive about the Hornets. Like they they've just had a sure. ton of COVID things going on. The Celtics have looked better as of late. Mm -hmm. They're starting to get people healthy. Even like teams like well the Hawks. The Hawks are another one that are below the Clippers the Hawks, right now. Boston. The Raptors even like I feel like the Raptors could they could the Raptors <laughs> be could better. Boston could. I mean, maybe the Knicks put it together. Theoretically, like the, the Knicks, yeah, the Pacers. The East is just way more promising than the West for me right now. Yeah, yeah, you could see these East teams somehow getting it together, and some of it, the East teams will be getting it together is that they just beat up on each other. You know, like someone could go on a run and. Well, now they need to beat up on the Western Conference because the Western Conference is so bad. I know that's so true. Hey, somebody, I wanted to ask you a question before we go. Sure. Um but I have to find it. I, I will tell you what the question is. Let's say that the Thunder uh, started having some guys enter COVID protocols. Okay. And they could bring back a Thunder-related player mm -hmm. <clears throat> to play on this team for, let's say, like a 10-day a, a contract. Okay. Yeah. And uh, But you have to... I'm adding this to it. It has to be someone who you gener generally believe could actually play basketball yeah. right now. This is from Kurt Leftwich. Yeah. Um, and he voted for Mitch McGarry, who I would say you're going to have to get a time machine. The chances that Mitch McGarry is in NBA shape or even no, just – He's probably in bowling shape for sure. Yeah. There, Snake shape. There there ain't no way that, that Mitch McGarry's in NBA basketball shape. Uh, Dion definitely would be – Oh, wow. He's out of the league, isn't he? Yeah, he's out of the league. Give me Dion. That's a good one. I would like to Deontay see Houston back. Deontay Burton is in is in shape. Okay. So give me Deontay. Uh, let's see. Who else? What do you think Raymond see, I, Felton's in shape? No. 
I, th- I think we saw a picture of him. I'm pretty sure he's not. Oh no, but Ray would love would love to have him back. Yeah, I would love to have him back. I would like to see Houston back because I bet we could get him on the pod. Yeah, that would be really fun to get Josh back. He's in shape. We could get we could get him back. Uh, Irsan Ilyasova was signed today, former Thunderman. I saw that. Interested. That's very cool. See, that's I know. Like, I should want all these G leaguers to be getting their NBA opportunity, mm. but I get way more excited when I see a name like Ursan Ilyasova. <laughs> I do too. Uh, how? What would your feelings be if you look up and it's the Thunder have signed Kyle Singler to a ten-day contract? Bring it on, Tank <laughs> Commander. I, I kind of be excited about that. Let's one. see it. And and he's older now. Let's move him to the four power forward, Kyle yes. Singler. Yes, I'd love to see that. Um, could you, could you bring, uh, could you bring Nazi Muhammad in from the uh, Thunder front office to the Thunder, oh, wow. to the Thunder bench? Is that a thing? Uh, you could definitely bring him to the bench. You know, if we play any, like if we play the Lakers, like why couldn't he, he could just stand in the paint. <laughs> I don't want to make him run too much. Uh, he's older at this point. What's Lance Thomas doing? Lance Thomas is only 33. Oh man, Lance Thomas! I remember I really thought the Thunder screwed up when he went to the Knicks, Knicks and yeah. had like one good year. Yeah, I know. What's Lance? Could he could come in for a few games? It sounds like you know what's funny. Like, uh, well, one, the Thunder have been like super healthy. I don't think they've had a guy enter COVID protocols yet. They haven't. But also, like, because of the way their G League team is set up, like in the same building. Yeah. Like it feels like they have a never-ending supply. Of G leaguers, if they oh. ever got to that point, yeah, 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 they've got a bunch of they guys. Have so many guys. I mean, with Rob Edwards, come on, hey, Rob Edwards. Up. Rob Edwards is is a hooper, like straight he up, straight up hooper. He really is. There's some there's some decent guys on the G League team. At least that would be kind of fun to have on to come up and play for the Thunder. I think Rob Edwards is probably at the top, and then like DJ Wilson, like he's not good. He's kind of the He's kind of the obvious one because he's been putting up some stats. He's put up some numbers. He was horrific in the game that I went to. I mean, he was straight oh, really? trash in that game. He was really bad, and he played better. I, you can't judge these guys off of one game, but still. They're, they're going to the championship in the winner's showcase. Yeah, they have a good team. They have they have a good team. They're well coached. You know, that's They've been pretty fun. But, yeah, there's some other guys that – like Melvin Fraser is actually kind of good. He just is a little bit too small. Uh, Jalen Horde is on the team. Jalen Horde would obviously he's obviously played for the Thunder. Scotty Hobson's another guy out of yeah. Tennessee that could play. A lot of names. Let's get I, Dwight Bikes. Get Dwight Bikes back. I'd love to see Lindy Waters, who played at OSU, just get a chance to wear a Thunder uniform. You know, that would be kind of cool to see. Uh, obviously not an NBA talent, but that would just be fun just personally for me. To see Lindy Waters get a chance to play for the Thunder. Um, all right, that's all I've got. I've got to go. We are going to do a Friday podcast, but I think we're going to do it on Thursday morning. So look out for that. Um, hope you guys have a great rest of your day, and we will talk to you guys again on Thursday. <laughs>